Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this week's message on the Antioch Indie Podcast. We hope you can step away from this message being encouraged and blessed and to move into your week in the mighty name of Jesus. Have a great day. Anybody thankful to have good friends? So good. Go ahead and pull out your Bible and something to take notes with this morning. Because God's done a lot, but he's not done yet in this room this morning. Are you thankful the person next to you came to church today? Awesome. Go ahead and open to Isaiah 54. If you uh, don't have a Bible, there's one under the seat that you are sitting in. And you can use it. You can keep it. You can take it. If you have to use the table of contents to get to Isaiah, that is not a bad thing at all. Sometimes when you're new to church, you can come to church and think everybody else is like a professional, you know. You're like, oh, I'm the only one here who doesn't know what it is. I use my table of contents all the time. So we're all on the same page here. Isaiah 54. Isaiah 54. Does that sound familiar to anybody at Antioch this morning? Isaiah 54. (laughs) Sam would like you to know it's page 356 and the Bible's underneath your chair. (laughs) Anybody thankful for Sam Best? (laughs) If you are new with us this morning, maybe this is your first time at Antioch or you haven't been here real long, I want to tell you this morning that you have found yourself here at a family meeting this morning. Uh, this, and, and, and we're glad that you're here. This is one of those dinner tables, uh, family tables, where like, we welcome guests a lot and we think it's good. Um, so this uh, is going to be probably a little bit of a different time than sort of our normal Sunday as far as how we spend this time together. We're going to have a big time family meeting because every year we have uh, two, two times of the year in a rhythm for us where we really focus on the vision that God has been calling us to this year. So in January, the reason Isaiah 54 sounds familiar is because we've been talking a lot about Isaiah 54 this year, if you've been around our church. Every year in January, as the new year is starting, we, we ask God, Lord, we, we know you're calling us to read the Bible and do what it says. Is there anything in particular that you're calling us to this year? And God's so faithful. Every year, he gives us a specific word that just helps orient who we are and what we do and, and the things we don't do and everything like that. You know how anybody found out it's helpful to have clarity and some language for some things? God's so faithful to give that to us as a church. And the word that God gave us this year is do not hold back. Do not hold back. And it's out of Isaiah 54. We're going to read a few verses uh, so that we can be refreshed. The context of this book, this book Isaiah is, is called a prophetic book where God used a person named Isaiah. And he was speaking to all of his people through this person Isaiah. And when you get into prophetic language, a lot of times, uh, if you read it on face value, you're like, that's a little weird. Because there's a lot of metaphors and poetry and imagery and all sorts of interesting things. So in Isaiah 54, God is speaking to his people through Isaiah. And he's trying to encourage them towards the things that he's calling them to. And the first thing here in verse 4, it says, Sing, O barren one who did not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not been in labor. Sounds like a weird thing to be in the Bible. (laughs) But God's speaking. He's using a metaphor to relate his people Israel to a barren woman because they were in a place of hopelessness. They were, they were lost. They didn't know where they were going. They didn't know, they didn't, they didn't have hope for a future. And God says to this barren woman, to his people, sing the, you who have not been in labor. And he continues, he says, for the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of her who is married, says the Lord. Again, a prophetic picture. It, it seems like there's nothing coming, but I'm telling you, you haven't even seen, you haven't even seen anything like what actually is coming. 
It goes on in verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out. Do not hold back. Somebody read that with me. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you, you will spread abroad to the right and to the left. Your offspring will possess the nations and will people desolate cities. God's giving a word of hope to his people. A word of hope to his people. And he starts in verse 1 with a promise. He speaks to his people and he gives this promise. I know that you feel barren, but the promise is you're going to have more children the, the children of the desolate one, the, the one who has no children, you're going to have more kids than the one who is married. If the, you see the imagery he's, he's connecting. You know how you might look around when, when you don't have kids and say everybody else has, you know, like it's like God saying, I'm going to do more than you're even hoping for. I'm doing more than you're looking around for. Verse 1, it's a verse of promise. When we get to verse 3, it's kind of a verse of the result of the promise. So when all of these quote-unquote kids come, you're going to have to spread abroad to the right and to the left. And not only are you going to have these kids, but they're going to be amazing. They're going to be influential. They're going to carry the kingdom of God. That's what he's saying when he says, your, your offering will possess the nations. You're going to people desolate cities. This is going to be amazing. Verse 1 is a promise. Verse 3 is a result. But in verse 2 is some belief. And it's like what we talked about during worship. A lot of times between the promise and the result is a gap where you have to believe, right? Verse 2 says, enlarge the place of your tent. Let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. There's a lot of belief required to do something like that in a barren situation. <laughs> to continue with the metaphor there's, he's speaking to a barren woman. There's, there's no man, which is a necessary requirement to get to children. So that's missing. And then even if there was a man, there's, there's this condition, there's this situation, there's some circumstance that wouldn't even let it happen if it seemed like the pieces were in play. So there's no growth, there's no signs of growth, and there's not even ability for growth. You see what I'm saying? And God says, you're going to have children. They're going to people desolate cities. It's going to be amazing. More than you ever asked. More than everything you've looked around and been disappointed by. God's going to do it. But before that happens, build a house. <laughs> build a house. And a big house. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let the curtains of your habitation, let me stretch you out. I know you think you need to go this far, but just let me stretch you out. I need you to build something to hold what I'm about to do. And you can't imagine what it's about to be, so do not hold back. You will spread abroad to the right and to the left. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. Go out longer. Drive it deeper. It's going to be better than you think. So what I need, God says, I can do the children part. I can do the destiny part. I need you to do the believe part. Do not hold back. So we've been riding that word all year. And uh, God's done some amazing things. <laughs> And we talked about that word in January. So January is our first rhythm of, God, what's the vision you're orienting us with? Our second rhythm of, of revisiting what God is doing in us is that the beginning of October every year, spoiler alert, that's today, 
At the beginning of October every year, as the fourth quarter of the year begins, we like to revisit and make sure we haven't lost what God spoke at the beginning of the year. Because three quarters are done, but we kind of basically just believe that God doesn't waste fourth quarters. God doesn't use the fourth quarter to wind down. God has this tendency of doing some things at the last second. He has, some te- he has this tendency of finishing what he said. And I don't know how else to explain it. He has this thing about doing things when the clock is running down. At the 11th hour, when you feel like you're at the end of the rope. When you feel like you can't do anything more. When you feel like you don't have the energy to go any further. You could sort of say when you feel like you're at the edge of a cliff. And you don't know how you're going to get to the promise that God has spoken. When you've done everything you know to do, but it's the fourth quarter, God does something that only he can do, which means he can be the only one who gets the glory for it. So fourth quarters are a good time to get really expectant. Fourth quarter is a good time to believe that God hasn't done his best work yet. It's a good time to believe God's about to do something I haven't seen yet. Because I'm more empty than I've ever been at this point, which means God's about to do something that I've never seen. We believe in the fourth quarter. <laughs> and so we like orienting and saying, God, we, all we can do is believe, right? I can't do verse 1 and verse 3, but Lord, we're not going to drop the ball on verse 2. We're going to believe all the way to the end, all the way to the end of this year that you've called us to. So as part of our October rhythm, we like to look back on what has happened so far this year. But it's also time to begin to look forward into what God is going to do, not just through the rest of the year, but, but through the coming year. And I know some of you are like, dude, chill, it's October. <laughs> but just go with me here. Go with me here. We, at the, uh, we have a rhythm at the end of our year. We do our year-end offering at the, in mid-December called Seat at the Table. Anybody ever been around here for our Seat at the Table offering? Yeah. We love our year-end Seat at the Table offering. And so what, what I mean by that is we talk about all the time around here about being family. I, I opened this morning talking about this is a family meeting. We want this to be a place where you can become family. And as a family, we believe that every single person as, that's a part of this family has a seat at the table. You don't have to have a job here, a position, or a title. You are saved by the same Jesus and filled with the same Holy Spirit as anybody with a title. And you have a seat at the table of this family. So we do this together. See, we talk a lot about here, we can't do us without you. We all have a seat at the table. And just like we talked about a few minutes ago, and like we talk about every week during give and take, God's always doing something, and he's always going to do more. And God makes it so clear through his word, and we've all seen it true in our life. There's this strong correlation for us as humans between like where our heart is, what, we're, what our faith is in, and where our finances are going. I don't know about you, but I believe I have a lot of faith in the things that are most expensive in my life, right? <laughs> that house is going to stand. Okay, we're not going to laugh about money. I know we're talking about money in church. It's like, <laughs> like suck the air out of the room. Lighten up. You thought about money every day this week. Can we talk about it on Sunday too? All right, there we go. I know I did. So this year-end offering we do, it's not like that. It's not like something for people who make a lot of money and need help with their taxes. Like that is not something like that. It's not some obligation thing. We actually don't owe anybody money on the planet. Like we have no, there's no mortgage thing. There's no monthly payments on all of those sorts of things. Like it's not, this isn't about, oh, we're in trouble. We need to get the bills paid, right? You see what I'm saying? Come on. We're just talking real life because I know you live real life. It's not about that. This isn't an obligation thing. There's no obligation at all. It's all faith opportunity. 
And we like to have a rhythm of it. We just see that through the Bible, beginning to end, whenever God's about to do something, he loves inviting his people into it. And he knows if, if you will just contribute something in faith, you're going to be paying way more attention to what I do next. And I can't wait to show you. That's what God does. He likes to invite people into that. So we are just uh, those weird people convinced God's not done. He's going to do something. And every single one of us has a chance to be a part of it. Whatever we think God's going to do, it's about to be better than what it is. Because that's why he says, do not hold back. He didn't give the plans for the house. You notice that part? He didn't say it's going to be bigger, but still here's the boundary. He just said, you know, when there's a boundary, just go a little, just more. Believe for more. Amen? So we could go on for hours. We're going to celebrate a whole bunch of stuff. I know we just did three things during give and take. I'm sorry. We're going to celebrate a whole bunch of other stuff as we look back on what God has done this year. And we could go on for hours sharing testimonies of what God has done in individuals and in families in our church. But that's why we try to do give and take every week so that we can keep all of that in front of us. So this morning, with a little bit of time, we're going to be kind of more focused on like what God's done in us as a church as a whole. Does that sound good? Can we talk about some of that? Because you're, you're part of it. You come. And so many of you give, you're part of this thing, and you need to know what's been going on. And you're allowed to be radically encouraged. Um, if you don't want to be encouraged, just, I guess that's your choice. But it, I promise you there's like some fun stuff that we're going to hear about. And we're going to take the, the, next, the next little bit of time, we're going to talk about what God's done in the last 12 months. Because the part of the rhythm is we, talk, we had the same conversation 12, year, 12 months ago. And we said, okay, let's believe for something God wants to do next. We've been seeking God, and we want to talk about what that is. So we talked last October about our seat at the table offering coming at the end of 2018. Are you tracking with me? Yeah. And we said, uh, as we sought God for the beginning of 2019, we felt like the Lord put a, a, a marker out there to say, hey, let's believe for $100,000 to catalyze what God is going to do in 2019. And we had a little bit of a plan. We thought what, what we want that to contribute to is we think we need to add one part-time staff role to help doing the things that we're doing. We didn't have any office space at that time, so we wanted to be able to create a little bit of office space so that our staff could have some space to get done what they need to get done. We talked about last a year ago, this, this today, is when we announced that we wanted to start our Antioch Discipleship School that we've referenced this morning. So spoiler alert, we did it. Um, but we said we want to start our discipleship school, and we wanted to create an Acts 2 fund. For us as a church. And what we meant by that was when we read Acts 2, we see that the church did such an amazing job of taking care of the needs of the people in the church. So what if we took and we were like, let's try to be ambitious. What if we took $40,000 of that hundred? If, if, if it comes in, what if we take $40,000 of that and we commit it over the next year to give towards people inside our church and the needs that come up? So that was kind of the like, that's our idea, but at the end of the day, like, we don't owe people money. It's more like, let's all just get excited about next year and see what God really does. But, but at least we'll not hold back. We'll, we'll, we'll stretch out some faith. You see what I'm saying? It's good to throw, throw a marker out there. So that was the idea. And then God showed up and did some other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end of last year, instead of giving $100,000 at the seat of the table offering, you gave $128,000 for the seat of the table offering. And God took that money. We gave that in December, and God took that money, but more importantly, as you're about to hear, way beyond the money, God took that faith, and he did a lot with it. Instead of going, so let's talk about staff. We had a goal of going from three to four. Uh, what God wanted to do was go from three to 11. So that happened in the first six months of the year. We thought that we had the ambitious plan of giving $40,000 away to people in our church to, to take care of needs, and that was a good idea. We ended up giving 60, over $68,000 to people in our church.
for needs and debt and all sorts of amazing things. And that doesn't even count then what God did. Like, remember when the McGuckin shared a few weeks ago? We gave them a little bit towards their debt, and then God was like, perfect, that's some faith, and we can get the ball rolling on that. And now they're completely taken care of, and that's really exciting. So we gave $68,000 last year. This, this little church, $68,000 just to needs inside of our church. And if you include, like, monthly... We call it, call, you know, benevolence, like people who need help with rent or groceries who are outside of our church. And then giving to different ministries in our city and different uh, t- teams that we're connected to through our network of churches all around the world. When you combine all of that, it's only October, remember. There's still a fourth quarter. But in the first three quarters of 2019, you have given away over $105,000 outside of this church. It's amazing. We did launch our discipleship school, so that was good. We had a goal of having eight students, but we have 20 students, and that's been really fun. So uh, we had class this, this, week, this last weekend. Everybody shout if you got encouraged at discipleship school, anybody? Office space. Not only were we able to create some office space, we thought it was going to be for our offices, but it's a good thing we made that space because it's been used for a whole bunch of different things. So we got to have some offices, which is good because we didn't know 11 people were going to be on staff. So that was helpful to have and has been helpful. It also is where we have discipleship school, so we use it for that. It serves as classrooms on Sunday mornings, so we put a bunch of stuff away and let kids go over there on Sundays. Um, And it's frequently used for like training and equippings and all of those sorts of different things that all, all types of different ministries have had to use it in the church. God's done a lot more with that space than we thought we needed it for, so we've been thankful to have it. And lastly, it holds our new youth group that we just launched. Shout out Front Row. So... We, this last summer, we launched a junior high and high school life group, which has been amazing. And they meet every week. They're building friendship. They're discipling each other. They're worshiping together. They go to the Castleton Mall and share the gospel and pray for people to be healed. And it's amazing. So fun. They're amazing. And they sit on the front row, and I love them for that. So we didn't know this was going to happen, but we went, uh, we, as you know, we love life group around here. Anybody love your life group? We, uh, we went from, we had four life groups when we talked about this conversation last year. Now we have 14, and we had 14 life group leaders last year. Now we have 48, and there's already, like, that's going to, we've already kind of, it's already going to be more than that by the end of the year, and then also whatever God does in addition to that. That's really, really exciting, and a whole bunch of other stuff. We formalized an elder team, and if you've been around here, you know that that has made things better around here. They have contributed so much to the culture and the health of our church. We did that back in February. Uh, Almost every single weekday this year, we've been able to post content on social media that teaches people how to spend time with Jesus. There's people every single day that use that. I know you've you've given it to friends outside of church. It's been a really fun thing that we've been able to learn and kind of stumble along, but hey, we did it, you know? We have begun building relationship, as we just talked about, and partnering with our friends in Albania and being a part of what God's doing in the nations of the earth, which has been incredible. We took a trip there earlier this year. They're obviously here this weekend, and God just continues to develop a deep love and friendship and connection with what God's doing there. We were able to partner with a new church plant in Detroit, Comeback City Church. Some dear friends of ours, we got to do some training. We actually brought some of their future staff on our staff for a little bit to help train them and encourage them. They just launched two, three weeks ago, and uh, they're doing amazing things in Detroit. And while all of that was happening, just the amount of people who show up here on Sunday mornings grew by 66%. 
So what that means is, if you're here this morning and you're like, ah, I like feel really new. You know, like it seems like everybody really knows what they're doing around here. You feel like everybody knows how this goes except for you. If you feel kind of alone in that, I want you to know that that, that number means that there's at least 100 people in this building feeling that exact same thing as you. <laughs> so you are not alone. And you, we're glad you're here. Don't feel like you're the odd one out. Uh, there's almost more of people feeling new than there are people feeling not new. So we're glad you're here, and uh, it's okay. So if you just feel like, man, I'm just getting started building relationships around here, it seems like everybody else is so close. No, no, no. We're all just taking one step at a time. We're glad you're here. Don't feel like you're on the outside. So it's been a good year as we've tried to not hold back. We've, we've been doing our best. We haven't done it perfectly, but, man, that's been fun. That's been fun. And we've all been blessed by those things. God has enlarged us. He's strengthened us. He's lengthened us. He, he has done amazing things. And God made a promise. He's been faithful to it. We've been singing about it all morning. And all that he has asked us to do is believe. Take one more step out. Just keep getting stretched out a little bit. And so as the fourth quarter comes, we're going to keep trying to do our best to not hold back. Because if that's all, God did, that's all that God has done in the first three quarters, what could he do as we look ahead? I love, I've been reading a lot of the sure when you look back at how good God has been in the past. And that's why we do that. So we want to be looking forward to what God is going to do. So we want to talk this morning about the next, uh, yeah, we've got per oh, perfect time. I'm on perfect time. As always, right? We've got five things that God's put on our radar that we are excited to not hold back about as we finish this year and as we head into next year. Five things that we want to start believing for, praying into as we uh, finish this year out and give into what God's going to do next year. That being said, this is the plan and God's going to do something, <laughs> kind of like last year. But we, we, we really believe these are things that God has put uh, really clearly on our radar. So the first thing is Antioch Kids. Who serves in Antioch Kids other than the people back there right now? Amazing. If you've been here for more than 15 minutes, you've realized we have a lot of children. So about 28% of our church is between 6 months and 10 years old. So that's fun. Not like youth and all that, like just, you know, kids. So that's fun. Um, if you serve in kids, you definitely know that. And you know that uh, our space is amazing and it's full. And so we are blessed that we are going to be able to expand into the vacant spaces of the shopping center, kind of on the other side of those Antioch Kids walls. So we've got two more spaces that are available to us, and we are really excited about that. So, yeah, amen. If you've been serving in the kid in the room with 23 two-year-olds, you're very glad about that. <laughs> So the plan is that we want, to, we, we want to try to do that in two phases. So like I said, we've got rooms with 22 plus kids in them, uh, and that's wild. So the, the fa phase one is just like ASAP. <laughs> we need to get phase one done, which basically is like we're doing some demo in there, putting carpet down, good lights, clean it up, open space, it's usable. Amen? So uh, we're going to do phase one, and then sometime during uh, 2020, we want to do phase two, which is then to actually do some build out in there. So we'll add some additional bathrooms for the kids because they're people too, and they need that stuff. Uh, then there's going to be four additional classrooms to what we have right now, and there's going to be a multi-purpose space that the youth can use, discipleship school can use, training space, and all of those sorts of things so that we have several spaces that can be used for all the different various things that start going on. So that's number one, Antioch Kids. Number two, we've talked a lot about our youth this morning, but we need to talk more about them. 
We love the, we're so excited about what God's doing in the junior high and high school students in our church and in our city. And uh, we just think that they are revivalists and God's got a calling on their life. And uh, they want to follow Jesus and their friends do too. And so we're going to try to help them with that. Amen. So we are going to uh, be putting a lot more time and energy and resource into just behind the youth and that group. Uh, this last year, Sam uh, stepped into a new role at the beginning of the year as our families and youth pastor. So he's been trying to give some time to it as the year has gone on. This summer, we launched the Life Group, which has been so fun. They've begun meeting every week. And then a few weeks ago, we realized we need to start putting more behind this. So we had Olivia James on our staff who was helping with some of our media stuff. And we said, what would you think about going to youth full time? And she about jumped out of her skin about how much she wanted to do that. So two weeks ago, she is now full time on our youth team. And she is doing amazing, absolutely incredible. Like literally the next day came in with three things she had made better. And I was like, wow, go Olivia. That's amazing. So we're excited to have some more time and energy and resource committed there. That's really exciting. They're going to be taking a trip together next summer. So uh, as a part of our network of churches around the country and around the world, there's a brand new, uh, there's several brand new church plants happening and uh, we're kind of nailing it down, but it looks like they're going to go spend some time at one of our brand new church plants to learn how to encounter God, spend time with Jesus, share the gospel and help plant churches in the United States. So they're going to be doing that. That's going to be really, really fun. Sam has already begun building a core team of volunteers. So we've added some staff focus to it, but he's also been developing some some leaders, um, some adult leaders. So if you have a passion for that, we have a place for you. Now, some of you have been asking for three years and it's time and we're excited about it. Uh, so we're going to be uh, looking at adding uh, just different monthly rhythms for the youth, how we can make space for them and their friends uh, to encounter God, may be friends, and learn how to navigate the life that they're living, because it's real life. Amen? And we gave them the front row. That's why they have, uh, the front row is reserved for them, because we, as a church, we want them to know we love you. We're glad you're here. You get the same God everybody else does. Come sit up front. Come get filled with the Holy Spirit. Come get words from God. It's going to be amazing, and we're sending you out to go into your school. So that's why they get the front row, because we want to make sure they know they're welcome here. Third thing, it's kind of like the youth, we, uh, the other thing that God's really been uh, putting on our hearts really all year that we're actually excited to put some more energy into this next year is, this feels like a weird title to say, but we'll say young adults, okay? So kind of this like eight, age 18 to 29 age group that's so full of transition. So full of transition, because like you graduate high school and then you go to college or you don't, and then you change your major like 12 times or you don't, and you move, you have different roommates every like six months or a year, like, and then you get a job and then maybe you change the job and then maybe you move cities and then you move apartments again, and then like maybe you get in a relationship and get married or maybe you don't, and maybe there's kids and maybe there's not, like anybody ever been in your 20s before and realized there's a lot going on. We believe that all of that that's going on doesn't have to drown your calling. It doesn't have to distract you from being a part of what God wants you to be a part of. We believe that that time and all of the transition God is cementing who he's called you to be. He's cementing the things that he's called you to do. And it's not a time to miss out. And Jesus isn't some accessory to add on to your life once you really get it figured out. Jesus actually wants to talk about every single one of those things and help you navigate how to do it. Not just to get through it, but to bear fruit doing it for the glory of God. So we're going to make some space and put some 
some effort into making sure that we have room for the people in our city. I mean, we've got like 10 apartment complexes within two miles of us, full of people navigating a lot of life, and Jesus loves to lead people in abundant life. And so we're going to make some space around here. Starting in January, we're going to be doing a monthly service uh, here at church. So we'll have kind of a service on the front end, and we'll have food and a hangout on the back end of that once a month that we're really excited about. And part of that rhythm is going to be, okay, everybody, what do you want to talk about? How many of you know our world is terrible at having conversations? Okay, so we're like... Let's try to have the conversations people really want to have, and let's try to have them in a healthy way. So what are the things we want to talk about? What are the challenges? We want to hear from everybody about what those things are, and then we're going to talk about them kind of in our services together. We're going to talk about them, and then we're going to have a rhythm of making sure we're gathering feedback at the end of those, and we're going to pair a monthly podcast that follows up with that topic and those questions and feedbacks that people give because it's a conversation, right? It's not just show up here at once and let's do it. Like, let's talk about this and work this through. So we got an amazing team of people. We started the year with one young adult life group. We have three now, which is so exciting. So it's like, what happens if we actually start investing in some people around here? It's going to be awesome. So be really excited about that. I'm wound up, if you couldn't tell. Number four, the nations of the earth. How many of you know Jesus loves everybody? As believers, God is calling us to be a part of the life, the immediate life that he's called us to, and he's given us the invitation to be a part of what he is doing through the nations of the earth. Like we talk about so often around here, we are part of a network of churches that started in Waco, Texas. There's about 35 uh, Antioch churches in the United States and another 60 or so around the world being a part of what God's doing in so many different countries around the world, and they are family just as much as we are family here. And we love that we have the opportunity to go visit our family around the world and, 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 and learn from them and what they're doing and also provide a little bit of a catalyst, some fresh legs for a week or two to help be a part of what they're doing in, uh, in the world. So we are really excited to take some growth steps in being involved with that over this next year. We haven't taken like a, a whatever you call it, official Antioch trip overseas together yet. So next year we're going to do three because why stop at one? So next year, we're going to take three 7- to 14-day trips to be a part of what God's doing and other Antioch teams around the world, and everybody is invited. You and your kids and your friends and everybody is invited. So our Antioch Discipleship School, we're taking one trip. We're going to our friends in Albania. It's going to be amazing. We can't wait. Uh, if you're not in the school, I'm sorry, you can't go on that one. But there's one for you coming. Trust me. Our youth is going to take a trip like we talked about. And so if you are in that age group or if your kids are in that age group, you and your kids are invited. We would love to have you be a part of that. And the third trip is another trip. We don't have a name for it because everybody's invited. So we have details to figure out. But before we nail down exactly the details, we want to start hearing from those of you who think, man, I wonder if I should be a part of that. And so we are starting to gather some information for those of you around here who think you might want to be involved in a trip. It's open to everyone. Our first step is hearing from you if you're interested. And our goal is that by the end of this month, we're going to have dates and location nailed down of what that's going to look like so that we can kind of roll out the runway up to that for you know, team building. How are we all paying for this thing? Let's do this. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be fun. So I want to challenge you to lean towards yes on that. Not everybody can do it, and that's completely understandable, but let's lean towards I'm going until it's really clear I'm not, instead of the other way around. So if you're interested, uh, we'll be even talking just in a few minutes of how you can sign up for that. Lastly, 
Thing number five, we're getting towards the end. We're landing this plane. Praise the Lord. Last thing is uh, to handle all of this stuff that we're talking about, we are going to go to two services every Sunday in January. So that is going to be really, really fun. We haven't decided exactly on the times yet, but we're going to be communicating that. We don't have to know that now because how many of you know we still got fourth quarter? Praise the Lord. <laughs> we got time. We got time to do some stuff. So we are going to be doing two services starting in January. We don't know exactly all the details yet, but we know we've got the space to do it. So we need to not hold back, let ourselves get stretched out, lengthen our cords, strengthen our pegs, and believe that God wants to do some more. Amen. What's exciting about that is that we're, we've gotten bigger, but there's actually plenty of room here. But it's fun to take a risk and say, there's plenty of space. Let's make some more space. And just to let you know so that you can start thinking about your friends that you know and your coworkers and everything like that, just going to two services, just doing that is going to make space for three times the amount of adults that come here on a Sunday and twice the amount of kids. And that sounds like a lot, and it kind of is a lot until you realize, like, that's one family for every person here. It's like, that's a lot of space. And... We just can invite our friends, right? So if you ever have the thought, wow, I'm glad I meet with God here, there's probably somebody else in your life who wants to meet with God too, and we're making space for you and your friends to do that. Amen? This is going to be really fun. It's going to be really fun. So to wrap up, what do we do now? (laughs) Just said a lot. I talked a lot. What do we do now with all of this? There was lots of numbers. There was lots of slides. So you will have a test tomorrow or next week when you show up. Just kidding. So what do we do now? This is why we do our seat at the table offering. Because we think God wants to do some stuff and we want to be a part of whatever that is going to look like. And so between now and the end of this year, the, the invitation for all of us is let's all pull up our seat at the table. And sit down and say, okay, I'm a part of this family. Lord, what does my part look like? How can I be a part of this? What is it that you're calling me to do? How can I contribute in faith to what is ahead? And the generosity of this church consistently blows me away. We launched our church in 2016, and we just decided, felt like the Lord led us to give away our first 10 weeks of income. And we didn't know how we were going to make it past being a church for 10 weeks at that point. But our little church that had like 30 people in it at that time, in the first 10 weeks, gave away $25,000 to ministries in this city. Every week of the first 10 weeks, we had a ministry come in town and share basically during give and takes. And this is who we are, this is what we do. And so we gave to them and said, and it was absolutely amazing. At the end of that year, we did our first seat at the table offering where that same little church gave another $25,000 into what God wanted to do. By the end of that year, the church hadn't grown, but God was calling us to enlarge the place of our tent and lengthen our cords and strengthen our pegs. And God had made this building available to us. And I remember talking about it on a Sunday when there was 50 adults there. In this place, if, you're, if this is what I'm talking about. And saying, God's calling us too, so we're going to go for it, you know. And we believe that uh, by the end of the year, we thought we would need about $300,000 to build it out to make a space for you to sit where you're sitting right now. And that little room full of 50 people gave that much money by the end of that year so that you could have a place to sit right now, so that your kids could have a room to be in right now. So encouraging. And last year, we talked all about last year already. It's been exciting. And it's been so fun. And I think God's just put such a value in us for believing for what God wants to do next. So what is it going to look like? We've got two things. The kids' space. We've gotten bids on that, and it looks like to do both phases of that completely in total will cost about $150,000. And it looks like 
at this point, we think we can definitely save some money in some areas, but that's the best number we have now. So we're hoping to get that down, but we're believing for uh, $150,000 that we can say, okay, Lord, we'll make space for our kids and my neighbor's kids and my coworkers' kids, and they can have some space to come and be discipled, and we can create kingdom culture here at Antioch. So we, have, we want to do that. Phase one, we're doing as soon as possible because that's the cheapest phase of it, and we need it bad. So we're going to do that one, and we hope that in 2020, as soon as possible, we can do the second phase of that. Why did I just get distracted? So that's what we know. We know we need about $150,000 to do that. And then there's all the other stuff. And there's no number on that. That's just like, cool, God. <laughs> Whatever. Because we don't have a whole lot of details, right? <laughs> yeah, we're going to catalyze everything else. <laughs> so we know that we've got one number to shoot for and all the other stuff. It's like, God, you're going to provide for what you need. But really what's more important that's so obvious through everything we've talked about this morning, God doesn't really need the money to be right. When we step in on the money side, he gets our faith right, and that's what he uses as the runway to do so much else. And so that's the invitation. There's, there's nothing more beyond that. We're just saying, okay, as we come to the end of the year, let's pull up the seat of the table as individuals, as families, as friends. Let's start, let's start praying and saying, all right, Lord, what does it look like for me to be a part of this? There's not like an individual goal for everybody. It's just, Lord, how do I jump in and be a part of what you want to do? So as we close, I want to invite the band to come up. We're going to do one more song because that's really awesome when we do that. I don't know if you noticed, but that first part was really fun, and that was awesome. So I want to encourage you in a few ways as we finish up this morning. I want to encourage you to pray. I want you to start praying. That if, if this is your church family, I want you to start praying and saying, God, what does it look like? What, what, what is my role as I pull up my seat at the table? For me as an individual, for us as a family, what does that look like? I want to invite you to pray about giving and how, what that looks like. What does it look like for you to do that as a family? We're going to do that together in mid-December as we lead up to this and carry it together. We do it all on the same day. Everybody brings it all at once. And if you were here last year, I don't think anybody was not crying because it was amazing to bind together as a family and say, oh my gosh, let's keep doing this. This is going to be fun. And I want to, I want to encourage you to participate. Lots of stuff is already happening. And let's be honest, things are just going to keep getting crazier. And it's going to take all of us signing up again and saying, God, I believe that I've got a role to play in Antioch Kids. I've got a role to play in my workplace. I, got, I can participate in the things that God's calling me to do. Maybe it's participate in that trip that we're taking. We're a people that we know we can always do at least one of these three things. We can pray, we can give, we can participate. Maybe you can do all three. Maybe you can do two of them. But we can always do something to take the next step in what God is calling us to do. Usually we stand to close, but as we, uh, as our team leads us in worship, we're going to do one last thing that's a little bit different, and I want you to take out your cell phone. Take out your cell phone, open up a text message, and uh, as part of our family time together, we, I'm going to ask you to do, this is going to sound so goofy, a little survey. A little survey so that we can understand, God, where are we at as a church? And what are the things we can grow in? Where are we healthy? It's like eight questions. It's going to take you less than a minute probably. Can you do that? So text Sunday survey to that number. You can, it'll uh, send it right to you. You can click on it. Like I said, it's just a couple of questions. And uh, it's going to help all of us as we go forward to the things God's calling us to. So our team's going to lead us in worship as we do that. And uh, as you finish it, 
and you're encouraged to worship and just begin that process. Okay, Lord, I've just heard a vision that you're calling us to. Would you help that get into my heart? Would you begin to speak to me about what my part to play in is? Or whatever I said. You know what I mean. Sometimes I stumble on the words. I'm going to pray for us, okay? Jesus, we love you. And we thank you that you're not done. That there's more ahead. That we get to do this as a family and none of us are alone. We thank you that you're alive and you're working. And that you're inviting us to participate in the things that you're calling us to do. I thank you, Lord, that you speak. Would you speak clearly to us? I pray that you would help us understand what it is to do, what it is, how we can pray, how we can give, and how we can participate. We welcome you. We're signing up again, Lord, for the things that you are inviting us into. We love you in Jesus' name.